hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses and get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Every time I look And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, and Exxon TV. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, TV at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this hour is John Truman Wolf. We're going to be talking about John's new book. It's entitled Crisis by Design, the untold story of global financial coup and what you can do about it. And uh, John is the author of several fiction and nonfiction books and articles, including The Financial Crisis, A Look Behind the Wizard's Curtain, America the Litigious, uh, Mind Games, The Gift, and as I said, his latest release is the book we're going to be talking about this hour, Crisis by Design, The Untold Story, The Financial Coup, and What You Can Do About It. And John, welcome to the X-Zone. Rob, thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. Uh, Tell me, was this entire crisis by design a conspiracy? Well, uh, conspiracies, that word gets bandied around and gets marginalized by some people. Mm -hmm. Um, It was planned. Uh, it was clearly planned. This was orchestrated, as the title of the book uh, makes clear, tries to make clear. This was a crisis by design. Um, w- when you look at the steps that were taken, and you have to take a, 
a long-term view. By long-term, mm-hmm. uh, I mean the the book starts really back in the late 80s uh, with the ascendancy of uh, Greenspan to the chairman of the Federal Reserve, um, and then kind of march forward as the the chapters in the book uh, do there. Uh, you'll see, uh, certainly from my perspective, um, and I think in terms of what has occurred, that this was a planned crisis. Did a bunch of men uh, or women or men and women, uh, you know, sit in some closeted room somewhere um, and, and, and make plans? I, I don't know. What I do know is uh, the results of uh, someone's intentions, mm-hmm. uh, and I do name names in the book, uh, did result in uh, the financial crisis, in which we still are, quite frankly. Why did they do this? Well, the the purpose of the financial crisis was very focused, uh, Rob. The purpose of the financial crisis was to bring down the United States and the United States dollar mm-hmm. as the stable point, really, in international finance, and to replace them with what is called a GMA, which stands for a Global Monetary Authority, which is essentially a financial dictator for the planet. Um, most people don't know that on April 2nd, 2009, that is exactly what occurred at the uh, G20 meeting in, um, in London, in the UK. Uh, a global financial authority was actually established, uh, signed into agreement, uh, by the heads of the you know top 20 nations mm-hmm. in, in the world and uh, brought into existence uh, a year and a half ago very little press uh, very little media uh, that entity is called the financial stability board very soviet sounding name um, and it operates out of the bank for international settlements in basel switzerland something we can talk about but um, that that was the purpose the purpose was to create a crisis which uh, was then, quote, solved, end quote, uh, by a global financial dictator. All right, stand by, please. Uh, John, you and I have to take a commercial break. Exonation, our special guest this hour is John Truman Wolf. He's the author of Crisis by Design, the untold story of the global financial coup and what you can do about it. His website, www.crisisbydesign.net. We'll be back on the other side of this two-minute commercial break. As the Exxon continues with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our studios here in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. Stopped an old man along the way, hoping to find some old forgotten words or ancient 
Exxon Nation, my very special guest this hour is John Truman Wolf. He's the author of Crisis by Design, the untold story of the global financial coup and what you can do about it. His website is www.crisisbydesign.net. Tell me, John, why did you decide to write this book? Well, uh, I had been following the International Monetary Fund and the mm-hmm. World Bank for some years. I was a, a banker in San Francisco uh, years ago, uh, got interested in international finance, and began following uh, these two institutions. These are financial institutions that were established uh, towards the end of the Second World War, um, the World Bank to help uh, Europe uh, mm-hmm. to, you know, dig out of the mess uh, post-World War II, and right. the IMF was supposed to keep currencies in balance. Um, and uh, over the years, they, their missions uh, changed. Um, and these guys, uh, and I re- just refer to, refer to these two groups because they're kind of sister organizations, work arm in arm, mm-hmm. uh, really began plundering the planet. Um, and I followed them with, uh, at first with interest and then started writing about them. And when I say plundering the planet, um, to give you an example, they would you know, send in um, someone like George Soros, a currency manipulator, uh, crash a country's economy by uh, destroying its currency. Um, having done that, they would ride in on a white horse um, to the uh, premier or the president and go, gee, you're having a problem here. There's riots. People are out of work, uh, civil unrest, mm-hmm. um, you know, with 5 or $10 billion help. Um, sure, the premier would say. Um, and the IMF or the World Bank or both of them would say, uh, great, no problem, just sign here. And the country would execute a loan agreement with one of these bodies. And uh, I have read these things, uh, Rob, and, and they would stand the hair up on the back of your neck, uh, granting uh, these uh, international banks you know, control of uh, tax policy, agricultural policy, family planning issues, um, and, and on and on and on. Um, and so, um, as I followed them uh, in March of 2008, um, I was reading an article by the then president of the New York Federal Reserve Bank, uh, mm-hmm. which called for a GMA. This is the term I defined there in the prior segment, a yes. global monetary authority. And um, I had never heard that term. Uh, didn't know what it was, began researching and and uh, discovered that this is basically, a, again, a financial control mechanism uh, for the planet and, and then started writing um, about the financial crisis as it was rolling out. That's would kind it, of the would, backstory. Would it be safe to say then, John, that the euro was the start of this new global monetary uh, authority and its currency? Well, you can you, you could probably take this story back you know, maybe a century. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, um, you've got the, you know, the establishment of the Federal Reserve Bank right. and so forth. Uh, the, the euro, you know, is a kind of part of a, of a broader global plan. This story that focuses very specifically on this financial crisis uh, starts with Greenspan, uh, as I said, uh, becoming the chairman of the Fed. Um, I don't get into the euro uh, a great deal, although I'm I'm writing a follow-up, and what's going on in Greece is kind of the second act of this mm-hmm. uh, staged play. Um, but what you have here really is the the creation of the crisis, and there's a mechanism that did that, which we could talk about. 
but but then uh, the solution offered. These guys create the problem and then uh, uh, come in with a solution. And that solution is uh, a financial regulatory body that's now operating, Rob. This uh, uh, body, the Financial Stability Board, uh, which, uh, as I say, exists now, is placed now in the Bank for International Settlements, um, is actually dictating to the central banks of the world. The Bank for International Settlements is the central banker's central bank. So the Federal Reserve belongs to it, the Bank of Italy, the Bank of Japan, the Bank of Australia, et cetera, 55 member banks. Um, and as I'm sure you know, and your listeners are probably aware, if you can control the finances and the money supply and the interest rates in an economy, you basically control the economy. And the Financial Stability Board, uh, again, located uh, in Basel, Switzerland, is now doing that. Um, uh, you know, you've got the board of directors that flies into Basel every couple of months mm -hmm. uh, and does meet behind closed doors in secret meetings at the Bank for International Settlements, which is not dissimilar structurally to the Vatican. By that, I mean the Bank for International Settlements is immune from Swiss law. Uh, their employees are immune from prosecution. They have their own uh, military slash law enforcement body on the property. Um, and they just exist there in Basel, uh, immune from, uh, from law. They're above the law and uh, are now dictating to the central banks of the world. Um, and uh, basically the control of the planet's finances is coming, uh, are coming from there. Um, and uh, certainly the euro and its machinations uh, would be part of something they're overseeing, but that wasn't the beginning of it. Is, is this all part of a one-world government? Are we talking about global control here? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely talking about global control. Uh, again, I mean, you know, 90% of life is economic. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're controlling um, a country's economy, you, control uh, the you, people. Can, you can pretty well dictate what the government's going to do. Uh, Wall Street runs the United States government, in my opinion, um, and I document uh, a great deal of that in the book. Uh, there's a chapter, for instance, on Goldman Sachs in the book called The, the Goldman Connection, mm -hmm. uh, which talks about the incestuous relationship between that uh, investment bank and what goes on in, in uh, our nation's capital. Um, and so... Um, what has occurred, what has rolled out, uh, truly is a control of the planet's finances. Um, uh, and and they, are, uh, they may not be formally operating as a legislative or parliamentary body. They don't care about such things. They care about uh, controlling economies and controlling people. So from that viewpoint, the answer to your question is yes. So when, it, when is it going to hit the fan? When is John Q. Public going to be, realize that we've been sold down the river and we're now part of this one-world government and that the Global Monetary Authority is now in charge? Well, uh, <laughs> that's a good question. It's why I wrote the book. Um, I mean, I started writing articles mm -hmm. and, then, and then just kept, uh, just kept going. Um, I think, um, certainly in the United States, uh, there has been um, a political awakening 
um, and that may be one of the one one of the few good things you can say about this administration is it has woken up an apathetic voting public from um, apathy and brought them up to anger mm-hmm. um, and 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 awakened them. Um, that, that attention and frustration is focused on Washington D.C., uh, but I think there is a growing awareness that. Um, Certainly, the Wall Street bankers, the the Goldman Sachs of the world, the J.P. Morgans of the world, uh, are are running uncontrolled. Um, and 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 my intention here is to do exactly what you said, which is to bring this information to the awareness of of, of, of people who should care. Um, I've talked to members of the United States Congress. Uh, to be to be very frank with you, Rob, they don't have a clue. Hmm. That, uh, this agreement that was signed last April, and I mean April 2009, which brought into existence this body, which basically uh, dished off uh, the fiscal authority for the United States government to a bank in Basel, Switzerland, um, this agreement was executed, um, and Congress hasn't even held the president accountable uh, by that, I mean the United States Constitution mandates that if it's a treaty, which is essentially what this is, it requires a vote of the United States Senate. And even if it's not a treaty, uh, one step below that, it should be approved by Congress by what's called a congressional uh, agreement. Uh, none of those things ha- have occurred. It was done uh, basically by fiat, um, and I'm trying to bring awareness to this fact uh, that uh, the co- Congress should take responsibility for what has occurred um, and get some control, some checks and balances over these uh, international bankers. So, t- so tell me, is democracy a sham, a hoax? Is it a, a scam? No, it's not. Um, uh, it's not a sham. It's not a. It's not a hoax because I have, uh, you know, I have worked in Congress on other issues, mm-hmm. and I can tell you that I have been sitting. Um, in the offices of, of you know, powerful U.S. Right. senators um, working on issues, um, and aides have brought in, you know, stacks of faxes where uh, people have, you know, faxed in in support of a particular piece of legislation, um, and just the very fact that the volume of communication uh, did have impact on the meeting <coughs> and can have impact, and I've seen that occur. So no, it's not a sham. Mm-hmm. I think the key is getting people uh, educated uh, to the point that they actually understand what's occurred, um, and, and then they'll speak out. Um, I think uh, the, the U.S. election, which is going to occur here in a couple of weeks, uh, a little bit less than that now, I think, uh, will show that it's not a sham. Um, if you're following U.S. politics, you know that sure. even the primary elections, a lot of Kind of old line, but uh, but how how could the, how could Washington let this happen? How could Washington allow the global monetary authority to happen if this is well, all part it, of a major plan? It's it, it, you know it's a good uh, it's a good question. I think. Listen, why don't we I mean, hold the, the why don't we hold the answer until we come back from our news break? That we have to take in about thirty five seconds. Uh, John, it's great having you with us. Uh, to say that I'm startled, I'm shocked. Well, they're two good words for now. I'll think of some more over the break. 
John Truman Wolf is our special guest. He's the author of Crisis by Design, the untold story of the global financial coup and what you can do about it. His website is www.crisisbydesign.net. This would be a great book for anyone this coming Christmas. My name's Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. Don't go away. My name is Michael Telstar, Canada's leading mentalist from Toronto, Ontario. Hi, my name is Splenda, and you're listening to my dad, Ron McConnell, on the Exxon. This is Psychic Dorothy from St. Catharines, and you're listening to Rob McConnell. Hello, my name is Holly Reeves, an astrologer from astro for You, and you're listening to Canada's number one paranormal radio show, The X-Zone, with Rob McConnell. Welcome to The X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Nation. John Truman Wolf is our special guest. He is uh, he's the author of Crisis by Design, the untold story of the global financial coup and what you can do about it. His website is www.crisisbydesign.net. What can we do about this uh, global uh, monetary authority? And, and is there any way that we can break away from it and, and come back to the monetary system that used to be instead of being part of this one world order? Uh, well, that's the, that's the bottom line question. Let me, uh, if I may, Rob, let me just answer the question that you asked sure. before we cut away for break, and then I'll answer this one. Um, your question was, and I realize it was somewhat rhetorical, but it was like, uh, you know, how, how could Congress let this happen? Mm -hmm. and, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that the president just signed this agreement without anybody's approval. Um, and, and what Congress has let happen is, uh, you know, an executive, uh, the president of the United States signing agreement without being responsible enough to ensure that the constitution is being followed and that, um, the agreement that got signed got congressional approval, um, and it's not so much that it, that it gets approval. It does need to get approval uh, to hold the president accountable for what commitments get made for the United States government. But in addition to that, the approval must, and this kind of addresses the second question that you asked, um, uh, get checks and balances over these international bankers put in a system mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, whereby there are elected representatives of the people that are controlling this. There's nothing inherently evil about an international bank. Currencies do get exchanged. Uh, there is some need to facilitate that. Uh, but these guys have gone, of course, uh, quite insane in terms of what their intentions are and, and what they're doing. Um, and the book uh, has a solutions chapter, 
There is a chapter on what people can and should do uh, individually. Uh, I make some recommendations. I give opinions in terms of just individual uh, finances and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and so that's covered in, in the last chapter. But more importantly, uh, at least for me, are the policy questions here, which I think is really what you're asking. Um, and one is, uh, we do need to get control of these guys. And the answer to that is driving this message home to Congress uh, so that they listen and take responsibility. And that gets done by uh, P P PR. It gets done by getting books written. It, 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 uh, you know, I just did an inter interview live on, uh, on Fox uh, here in New York a little bit ago um, and, and raising the public's awareness about this. We, we have to be responsible enough to drive the message home mm -hmm. um, and then get control of these guys. The second thing is this, um, and this is an important uh, aspect of, monetary reform. Uh, people at first may think this is a bit out there, but when you think about it, it's really what needs to occur so that these guys are not controlling economies. And that is to base a currency, uh, you said go back to what we had, um, and uh, if you go way back, the currency was based on, on gold. Um, at least if you were a central bank outside of the United States, you could turn dollars in for gold until 1971. And, and, and then Nixon stopped that. So all currencies on the planet are what are, what are called fiat currencies. That means that they exist simply because the government says that they're the money. There's no backing behind any of them anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, although to take a quick uh, side trip, um, a friend of mine got a copy of the book in Taiwan and sent it to some people in Beijing. Um, and then he sent me an email and he said, you know, the, the Chinese government would like to talk to you about the information in the book and the solutions. And I thought it was a joke. You know, I said, have him fly me over business class and put me up in a nice hotel. And I'll come. Um, next day, he sent me an email. They'll fly you business class. They'll put you up wherever you'd like. And so a few months ago, I flew to Beijing and met with senior members of the Chinese Ministry of Finance. Wow. Uh, wow. The head of their gold mining consortium and, and, and people with their... Uh, media, a fascinating week. Um, uh, here we have the major communist nation on planet Earth uh, that's got $3 trillion in reserves, Rob, and the beacon of free enterprise, meaning the United States, mm -hmm. is $14 trillion in debt. Um, and when you look at the fact that uh, both America and Western Europe, um, and I probably should have a better understanding of, of uh, Canada's debt situation, um, I don't, uh, but are, are majorly in debt. I mean, basically, yeah. Yeah. Uh, debt, debt, debt. Uh, and if you trace back the, you know, the Rothschild, Rockefeller banking interests, they have gotten basically Western civilization in debt, in debt. But they haven't got their fangs into Beijing yet. So while that country has got its human rights abuses, uh, you know, which are legion and we could talk about, the fact of the matter is in, the, in, in matters of finance and economics, um, they're not as as debt-driven as Western governments are, and they act somewhat sanely in that regard, uh, which is how, how bizarre is it that, you know, well, John, <laughs> that, no, no. that communists are, are, are our major bankers. I'm sorry, go ahead. John, let me no, ask no. you this. Where did the United States go wrong? What happened uh, to the great United States that was way on top to where we are today? 
Well, it's been, it's been a gradual erosion, hasn't it? I mean, there have been, there have been views that uh, have have gradually uh, seeped into the American uh, uh, political structure that have just taken the country uh, uh, and and made individuals less and less responsible uh, and government more and more responsible. When you've got government running your life, mm-hmm. uh, individuals quit being responsible. I mean, the, the greatness of America was when it was, uh, you know, expanding across a great continent during the 19th century uh, and had to fend for individuals, had to fend for themselves and look to the government for anything. Uh, to the contrary, they wanted government to stay the hell out of the way. And for quite some time, government did stay the hell out of the way. Uh, you have then, uh, uh, you know, a series of wars during the 20th century that did uh, a couple of things. Uh, one, people die. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, countries go in debt. Um, central banks make, well, let's take the Federal Reserve Bank. Um, they print money, as, and, and that, people hear that expression. I'm not sure they fully get it. They actually print money. They don't have any assets. Uh, so the government, the U.S. government spends uh, this year was a $1.3 trillion, Rob, more than they took in. These figures are mind-numbing. Uh, the deficit in, in two years has been about $3 trillion. Where do they get this money? They have to borrow it. Uh, they've been borrowing it from the Chinese, but the Chinese have been going lately, what are you people smoking over there? Um, and so uh, they go to the Federal Reserve, and, and uh, Timothy Geithner, Secretary of the Treasury, goes, hey, you know, I need a few hundred billion, uh, he says to Ben Bernanke. And Bernanke goes, mm-hmm. uh, sure, send me over some notes. So, so Geithner sends over some treasury bills or treasury bonds, and uh, Bernanke clicks a mouse. There's no money there in the Fed. They just click a mouse. They used to print the money. I mean, they still print some money. Now it's done digitally. And they just make it up um, and then charge interest on it, Rob. If they we make did, it up and charge interest on it. You see, if you and I made money up, we'd get charged with counterfeiting. That's right. That's correct. That's correct. Uh, and that's ex- and that's essentially uh, what is you know what exists here. Mm-hmm. I mean, money is an idea backed by confidence. Right. And what I started to say earlier and kind of got off the track myself was a monetary system. Money should represent production. It should represent products. If you did a survey uh, annually to find out the production and real estate of a nation, and then issued money that that matched that, you'd have enough money to buy the goods that need to be bought. And you could not have inflation and deflation. People say, well, back a currency by gold. Well, gold-backed currency is better than a fiat currency, no question. But gold can, the price of gold can be manipulated. And the fact of the matter is there isn't enough gold to do that. If you based a currency on products and production, you could not control it. Uh, what would drive a country's prosperity is their ability to produce. So how do we turn all this around? Well, um, again, uh, education. I mean, I'm talking to members of Congress. I've got the book out. I'm doing media, as, you know, to wit, we, you and I are talking. Um, uh, uh, listeners get informed. Uh, there are an awful lot of people that said exactly the same thing you said. I had no idea that this has occurred. So the first thing is to educate people. And um, you know what? 
when, when people understand things and they can take action and they can change things, as, as, I, as I say, mm-hmm. I think it's going to happen in, in, in 10 days here in the United States. I think we've got what amounts to somewhere something like a political revolution uh, going on in, in, a, in a positive sense. What, what are the lawmakers saying that you that you talk to? Are they all aware of this? And if they're not, what is their reaction? They, they are not aware of it, um, and and their reaction is uh, at first jaw dropping, mm-hmm. like, uh, "Are you kidding me?" I then provide information to show them that what I'm saying is, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm not some conspiracy nut. I'm a former banker. Uh, you know, I've, I've founded a financial management company in, in, in Hollywood that, that handles the, the, some of the biggest names in, in, in entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, you know, and then I provide the actual information. Uh, I'm not going to get into naming names at this point. And I appreciate that. I don't want to alienate anybody. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is they have been too um, involved in uh, the, the political warfare that's going in, uh, on into Washington to actually be uh, to, to take some steps to correct this, and I'm not going to stop. I don't blame um, you. So yeah. Has has the, has the president said anything about this? Uh, have you been able to get anything up as high as the president say, you know, and say what are you what are you doing? Why did you do this? Uh, no, I haven't been able to get to the to the White House yet. Um, you know, I, I think the answer to that question to me is, is clear. I think he knows very well what he's doing. Uh, I think there's an intention to uh, weaken the United States government and dish off more and more uh, functions and regulatory functions to world bodies. Uh, you know, witness the things that you were talking about there mm-hmm. a little bit earlier, NAFTA and, and, and so forth and so on. Um, uh, and, uh, and you get back to control of the planet's finances, and you basically, uh, I mean, the man knows exactly what he did. He signed an agreement that dished off the fiscal authority of the United States to a bunch of bankers in Basel, Switzerland. All right, by, by, by doing that, didn't he jeopardize the security and the sovereignty of the United States? He did. He He, he did. I mean, the, the, the sovereignty is, is the issue for me. Uh, by all means, he did. And that's why I said earlier, uh, this is something that Congress mm-hmm. has a responsibility uh, to do something about. Listen, these guys in the United States Congress can't even pass a budget anymore, Rob. They can't even pass a budget. So they pass these continuing resolutions, which basically means that the budget stays the same, and they spend, and they spend, and they spend, and they spend. People don't understand. A deficit means uh, they spent more than they took in in a year. If you spent a million dollars a day from the time of Christ to today, you would not have a trillion dollars. The United States government overspent this year $1.3 trillion. These people are uh, in the area of, of, of uh, fiscal responsibility. They're, they're brain dead. Um, and, and hopefully there's enough political pressure brought to bear, because I've seen this work before, uh, that they act. Um, and I'm going to keep doing everything I can to bring this to their attention and get them to take responsibility and not let the President of the United States sign an agreement uh, in London that dishes off the fiscal responsibility of the United States of America's uh, central bank to some bank in Basel, Switzerland, where the board of directors meets behind closed doors every uh, two months. 
Strange times. And, you know, we, we've got all this money that we owe to, uh, to, to China. What, happens, what would happen to the United States of America if, if China said, all right, you owe us this money, we want it now? We'd declare bankruptcy. That's what, that's what would happen. Um, and, 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 and don't think they're not capable of that. Um, you, know, uh, you know, they can walk across the Straits of Formosa, grab Taiwan, mm -hmm. and we start to do something, and they go, nah, 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 nah. you do that, I'll sell you treasury bills. Um, uh, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton's been over there a number of times. Geithner's been over mm -hmm. there. They've come over to the U.S. Uh, pleading, pleading uh, for the Chinese to keep buying our debt. It's outrageous. The idea that uh, uh, the government should live within its means, like mm -hmm. you and I have to do as far as, uh, you know, an individual household, is just beyond these guys. They're like on some kind of, they're like heroin junkies. They can't stop spending. John, stand by. You and I have to take our final break. John Truman Wolf is our special guest, Exo Nation. Crisis by Design, the untold story of the global financial coup. And what you can do about it, www.crisisbydesign.net. I don't know about you, but this has ticked me off. Just imagine that. What kind of mess has our government painted us into? One hell of a corner, that's what I think. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Explanation, uh, John Truman Wolf is my special guest. His book is entitled Crisis by Design, The Untold Story of the Global Financial Coup and What You Can Do About It. John, what would happen if the United States of America went bankrupt? Well, I think there would be massive cutbacks like uh, are going on as we speak in England today. Mm -hmm. uh, I saw, I think, press a couple of days ago, the British government uh, cut 500,000 jobs. Um, and we would be forced, Rob, to live uh, within our means. Uh, I think there would be, I don't like to say this, but I think it's true, I think there would be civil unrest. I think people that have become so used to living on the government peak uh, that they would have to find work. They would be mad that they weren't being paid by the government. Uh, you know, social programs would be cut back mm -hmm. uh, dramatically. Um, and people would have to live within their means and get out and produce um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and make a living on their own responsibility and not take, I mean, when you look at the, what's occurring here, and I'm talking about the, about the U.S., uh, tax dollars basically taking from individuals and then being spread out, to, to use uh, the, the statement that Obama made in 2008 during the campaign, uh, you know, spread it around. Um, well, th that should stop. 
uh, government's function, which has gotten way, way, way beyond anything the Constitution authorized, uh, you know, should be for the defense, uh, for infrastructure. Uh, it should not be, uh, you know, paying for people's drugs. It should not be. It should be out of the education business. The U.S. Department of Education spends, I think, a third of a trillion dollars a year. What's the government doing uh, uh, doing that? States rely on the government money. The governments rely on no. I, I think if we went bankrupt, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these social programs that have ballooned into the stratosphere, uh, costing trillions of dollars. The U.S. budget uh, this year is, a, is is about four trillion dollars, uh, uh, Rob. Uh, wow. That would have to be cut back. By necessity, it would have to be cut back. Uh, if we went bankrupt, nobody would lend to us, because that's how this country has been living for the last, particularly the last couple of years. Borrow, borrow, borrow to give money to people uh, that, um, you know, are, are, are not out producing. I don't mean there shouldn't be compassion. I don't mean there shouldn't be charity. I mean if this country is going to be strong again, people, individuals have to be responsible for their lives. And, and not look to the government. And I think if we went bankrupt, uh, it would be uncomfortable. Um, uh, but I think it would throw some fiscal, hopefully, throw some fiscal discipline uh, into the government. John, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us uh, this evening here on the Exona. And hopefully we've raised a number of of eyebrows. We've got a bit of adrenaline going and we're going to get people to go and buy your book, Crisis by Design, The Untold Story of the Global Financial Coup and what you can do about it. Now, where is your book available, John? Yeah, it's basically, well, it's available at, at Amazon. Mm -hmm. uh, the crisisbydesign.net site, uh, you can get it in, as an ebook. you can get it as a paperback, you can get it as a hardback, or you can uh, order it at Amazon. We're just uh, talking to people in New York about rolling it into bookstores. Uh, but at this point, it, it is available online at, as you have said a number of times, uh, crisisbydesign.net in all three of those formats at Amazon, just paperback or hardback. Uh, but if you're somebody who likes uh, e-books, uh, the crisis... John, we have to say so long. I want to thank you once yep. again. Continued success, and I look forward to having you on the show in the future so we can get this message out. It's a very important message. So until then, take care of yourself, my friend, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate it.